Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today we have our usual Friday outlook on grain markets this week. Just what happened? Canola is up significantly again this week. Wheat has risen six cents a bushel. The U of S gets over $6 million for cattle and bison research. The Stock Growers Foundation gets support from the Weston Family Foundation for grassland conservation, and we have full details. Real Agriculture looks at cattle markets this week. Ag in the Classroom gets federal support, and Pulse Canada sees new leadership. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. Grain prices were on the rise this week. Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial, Adam Pacallo, says canola jumped $49 per metric ton, while spring wheat futures rose $0.06 per bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front here, another very strong week. May canola increased approximately $49 a ton here where the market sits right now as we're talking. So uh, a very big increase, new contract highs for the May uh, right after the decline that we saw last week. Now on the Minneapolis wheat front, right now the May futures are higher by approximately six cents on the week somewhat continuing their sideways trend so what's pushing up these prices well jim a few different things i believe that the the supply situation in canola is still very short and it's looking like for the foreseeable future here short term that could easily stay so one thing I'm definitely watching is how the soy markets are affecting canola as well, too. There's still no rain in the seven-day forecast for Argentina, and, and traders are seeing declining yield potential for the crop. So if the Brazilian currency calms, which has been pretty volatile right now, uh, the soybean market seems to be in a positive position to kind of keep continuing higher. So one thing I am watching that might be a little bit negative a factor is, is lack of buying from China. So that's kind of slowing export sales. So that is seen as a bit of a bearish force. The soy meal market actually is looking a little bit weak on the charts, but soybeans, soybean oil, two major, major factors on the canola side as well, is really keeping you know the trend strong. So what's the market outlook next week and beyond? Well, next week we'll see if the 
resumption of the uptrend again on the soy markets do follow through because that could easily help support this canola market just at least stay where it is uh, or go higher now one thing i am seeing though is very extreme volatility on the may and the july contracts on canola so for clients that are thinking that they still want to be in the canola market the november might be actually the the more appropriate contract to buy and hold longer term but again that is something that each client is different from a suitability standpoint so on the wheat front here u.s and european weather is okay but really the world supply is is still burdensome so one thing i am going to be watching for all grain markets next week is there is a USDA report on Tuesday that obviously could affect things either way. Adam Picallo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. The University of Saskatchewan has been awarded $6.76 million from the Canada Foundation for Innovation to resolve challenges facing the cattle and bison industries. Officials say a specialized team will apply genomics and other new technologies to the beef sector to enhance production, livestock health, and food safety. The goal is also to reduce greenhouse gases. The wide-ranging research program includes working with First Nations to develop the world's first bison genome biobank at the university's Livestock and Forage Center of Excellence. A key benefit to beef producers will be development of new genomic tools to enable trait selection, enhance genetic diversity, and diagnosis of disease-causing microbes in herds. The goal is to make it easier for cattle producers to breed animals with better meat quality, stronger disease immunity, improved production, and better environmental adaptation. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Foundation has been awarded $3.4 million from the Weston Family Foundation for Prairie Grassland Conservation. Foundation General Manager Wayne Helquist says native grasslands are among the most threatened ecosystems in Canada. Well, first of all, we're thrilled with the support we've got from the Weston Family Foundation. This is an exciting project, of course, for us to be able to start to work on preserving some grasslands um, in the province. The idea behind it, of course, is to be able to preserve some of these natural areas for future generations. And this money is going to enable us to be able to work with producers, primarily in southern Saskatchewan for the time being, but hopefully over time to be able to expand that as well. How will this $3.4 million be used? How do you disseminate this among producers to ensure the grasslands are kept in good shape? Well, we'll certainly uh, create some processes to create some conservation easements with producers. There will be some requirements, of course, for them to... uh, to sign on to these conservation easements that will uh, help to preserve these properties or these uh, areas for the long term. Grasslands thrive well with cattle grazing. It seems that they're made for each other, correct? Well, it's kind of a natural uh, extension of their natural life. Uh, Many, many years ago, of course, they were grazed by buffalo and whatnot, so certainly the this is a continuation, I think, of sort of the natural evolution. And the reason the Weston family would want to ensure grasslands are preserved is to look at some of the species at risk. I understand there's, what, 31 species at risk? That's correct. There's, uh, it is kind of the last refuge for those 31 species. So we want to make sure that uh, we continue to protect the land to, to be able to preserve those species. 
Now, this is the foundation set up by the stock growers as a charitable group. The the main goals here? Yeah, certainly the main goals are to uh, to preserve those grasslands, but also to work with producers to make sure that they have greater awareness of of the potential and uh, assist them, I think, in, in terms of their efforts and interest in preserving the natural areas where they live and work. Now, I understand the money that you've received from the Western Family Foundation for Prairie Grasslands Initiative, $3.4 million, but this is much bigger than that. You've got what other partner contributions? Yeah, for sure. We're working with other partners to add to that $3.4 million. And uh, our goal, obviously, is to have a sustainable foundation over the long term so we can continue to provide funding for producers to create these easements. How big a project is this easement project? <laughs> That's a really good question. Right now, it's at least a more than a $3.4 million project, but we see it as, as something that's also going to grow over time. So it is a big project. It's uh, obviously something for the foundation to uh, sink its teeth into and uh, hopefully give us some credibility in the short term and the long term. Just really excited about the opportunity to work with the Weston Family Foundation. They are very dedicated and committed to uh, preservation efforts, and we're looking forward to uh, continuing to work with them and uh, perhaps even have a longer-term relationship with them, but also to look at other groups and, and interest groups that share common goals and common vision for our province. So looking forward to the ability to create some of those partnerships over time as well. Wayne Helquist is the general manager of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Foundation. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. It's time for a beef market update with Ann Wasco of the Gateway Livestock Exchange. Ann, how are you? I am great this afternoon, Sean. You? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Hey, let's good. start off this week's beef market update talking about inventory. StatsCan gave us the January 1 numbers. What, what kind of stuck out to you? <laughs> well, not much stuck out. We've been in a pattern, as uh, anybody that uh, hasn't been under a rock knows for quite some time here in Canada in terms of our contracting or shrinking um, beef cow herd. So the numbers, uh, we did see StatsCan go back and make some prior year revisions lower. Uh, but when the, when the dust bowl settles with those revisions taken into account, the January 1, 2021 cow herd um, was 3.53 million head, unchanged from last year. But here's the kicker. You just go back to 2019, two years ago, and it's 4% smaller. So we just continue to, to chip away at this herd. And, and we, you know, basically, the story is similar across Canada. Well, if you look at the total cattle on farms, and, and if you look at where we had 11.2 million cattle on farms across Canada. Mm-hmm. That's down. Get ready for it. That is down 25.3 million below, or sorry, 25.3% below the January 1 peak reached in 2005. Right. That's right. substantial. Eh? Like it's just it the, is substantial. I'm always nervous about comparing the numbers back to 20, 2005 because that was kind of that post BSC era where nothing was normal, right? So we had this inflated uh, cattle herd because we, we couldn't get rid of it. But uh, nevertheless, the bottom line, the, the, the story is still the same, whether you compare it to 05 or go back pre-BSE or 
I don't care where you go back. This is the smallest herd in over 30 years. Yeah, and a smaller cow herd. Also, you this would also make sense. There's also fewer farms raising cattle. As of uh, January 1st, 2021, that's the numbers, what? 71,330 farms reported inventories of cattle and calves. That's, that's, the, that's down 1.8%. So it's not just about the shrinking herd. It's people else, less people doing it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, um, and we've seen that across both, you know, livestock and the grain sector in, in, in terms of fewer of and getting larger of, too. So we don't see the, that data necessarily with this report. That comes from the census. But what we have seen is, yeah, there's certainly fewer livestock operations as well. But generally speaking, the average size is getting larger. So it, it's a tale of uh, contraction and consolidation. Okay, so <laughs> I have to ask, I'm sorry, what, what turns this cow herd number around for us? Well, the history books say it's moisture and profitability. <laughs> and I think many in your audience are going to say, well, there you go. I mean, uh, the profitability piece has been, you know, certainly lacking here in, in Canada for some time. Um, on average, I'm not saying everybody's in the same boat. And on and, and average is, you know, only one way to measure it. But that, that'll be a piece. But then here we are. How much have we talked about um uh, moisture conditions uh, coming out of 2020 and heading into 2021. I mean, it's uh, it's probably depending on where you are in the country. It's probably not a year where you're thinking about you know a, a big increase in the cow herd based on on moisture conditions. So traditionally, those are two pieces that um, that change it. Is there any historical numbers or correlation too to where like grain prices are? Like, you know, you look at where canola is and in crops like that, they're grown in, in Canada. Does that have any impact on, on like, is there sort of a correlation there as well? As far as land use space yeah. or prices? Land use. Yeah. Well, certainly that's, that's part of it as well. You know, we continue to see uh, the, uh, the land use piece in terms of crops grow. Um, and, uh, and, and we do continue to see that grassland piece uh, shrink. Now, again, looking at, you know, the, the likes as we go forward of, you know, the possibility of certainly more tame pastures uh, being, you know, grazed uh, more intensively. So, you know, those are some of the discussions going forward that maybe can change that, that um, barometer you know, to some degree. But the bottom line is uh, there's certainly been strong, strong, strong competition that will continue in 2021 for, for uh, cropland, land for crop. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, while the fog will dissipate this afternoon, then the sky will be sunny. Wind southeast 30 and a high today of plus 4, the low minus 2. Saturday, mainly sunny, wind southeast 30, gusting to 50, the high plus 5, the low minus 3. Sunday, sunny with a high plus 7, the low minus 3. Monday, partly cloudy, the high plus 7, the low minus 5. 
Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 2, the low minus 8. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 1, the low minus 9. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high plus 1. Normal high for this date, minus 3, the normal low, minus 14. The sun rose at 7.34 this morning. It sets at 6.46 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek again today at 12 degrees. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids again, minus 11. Estevan is plus 2, Saskatoon 0, Swift Current plus 6, Weyburn 0, Yorkton is minus 2. There's fog still in the Regina area. At 0, it's 32 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 37, gusting to 49. Humidity 99%, the barometer dropping 102.5. Partly cloudy, Moose Jaw plus 6. Winds are from the southeast at 21. Once again, Regina fog and 0, that's 32 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers, mcdougallauctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. Agriculture in the Classroom Canada will receive up to $1.6 million of government funding over the next couple years. The announcement is part of Canadian Agriculture Literacy Month. Ag in the Classroom is a national not-for-profit organization and serves as the voice for agriculture education in the country. There are 10 provincial groups working to connect students and teachers with farmers and those in the food processing sector. The organization focuses on delivering Agriculture education using the ABCs, accurate, balanced, and current. Joanne Ross is the executive director of Ag in the Classroom Canada. She says over the past year, there have been more virtual events due to COVID-19. These virtual events are really starting to take on a life of their own more than we ever could have dreamed, but they're fantastic. We have wonderful platforms we can use. We can entertain questions from students. Teachers can engage. Um, and we will have, of course, the two new platforms that will be expanding through this funding. One is a learning management system, which is an online platform for teachers to bring right to their classroom, the learning right on a whiteboard behind them. And um, of course, our Canadian educator matrix, where we will be able to host more and more resources for teachers to download that will be curriculum linked. But uh, I think you will find across the country, the provincial organizations are on the ground connecting directly with their schools and they're doing that virtually and they're finding many, many unique ways to do that. Ag in the Classroom aims to create meaningful connections to agriculture for both students and educators. Examples include the Little Green Thumbs Gardening Program and Snap Ag Fact Sheets. Ross says SnapAg fact sheets cover so-called hot-button topics. What SnapAg is all about is supplying easy-to-read one-pagers for teachers and students and really anybody to go online and learn about these hot-button topics. And when we started this project a couple of years ago, we thought about, okay, there's maybe 10 hot-button topics such as GMO, local, organic, antibiotics in meat, hormones. All of a sudden, that list started getting a lot longer. So to date, we have 72 SNAP Ag sheets on our website. And with this continued funding, of course, we will be able to expand that because the hot button topics just keep on coming. It seems every day there's a new one that, that we could address. 
So really it's about having that really accurate information available. And with the development of these sheets, we actually use uh, expert reviewers from the sector to help us ensure that we are certainly giving the accurate balance and current information on that topic. So they're all fully referenced and reviewed. And they've just really taken on a life of their own. We find they're being used all over the country in classrooms, but also even for our sector partners, you're welcome to download it and print it off because it's a really easy way to read about a certain topic. Joanne Ross is the Executive Director of Agriculture in the Classroom Canada. The organization will receive up to $1.6 million of government funding over the next couple years. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by Canadian AgriBlend. Ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you. Call 1-800-340-2311. Pulse Canada is completing its leadership transition process with the retirement of Gordon Bacon at the end of the month. Bacon, who is originally from Ogemaw, Saskatchewan, has been Pulse Canada's longtime chief executive officer. President Greg Cherwick will assume overall leadership, saying he has learned a lot working with Bacon. The first ever CEO of the organization has been here for nearly 24 years. Incredibly well respected within the Canadian Pulse industry, of course, and, and that same can be said for his reputation at the international level well respected within Canadian government as well, within all departments at all levels. Uh, so it's been such a privilege to work for uh, Gordon and work with him and alongside him for 17 years now. Uh, it's been great. Now, I say that, and I don't want to imply that, you know, our relationship ends at the end of this month. We're going to continue to work together. He'll informally and formally be, you know, advising me and the team for some time to come, I'm quite sure, and there'll likely be some special initiatives that we work on together, but, uh, you know, just another part of the transition for sure. Cherowick has performed many duties over the years at Pulse Canada. Technically, I started in 1998. I was Gordon's first ever staff person as a summer student, but officially returned in 2004 and, and took on my first director of programs responsibility. And over the years, I've done everything from working with vermicelli noodle manufacturers in the northeast of China to conducting bean market intelligence across rural areas of China for the Canadian bean industry. I ran feed pea trials and seminars across Asia in China and South Korea, Taiwan and Japan. I developed and managed the Canada-Mexico Bean Congress for three years, which had us traveling across Mexico into all the bean production regions, worked very closely on the Indian market access file. So file that's still alive today after 17 years. And, and I was the director of transportation for three years with the organization. Also uh, oversaw the trade and arbitration rules and appeals process that the CSCA, the Canadian Special Crops Association, runs. So I've had such a good opportunity, uh, so many opportunities to work on so many different things for the industry that, and, and more recently have kind of transitioned into a management role that feel like this is just a final stage of this transition and it feels very natural. So it's a natural part of the evolution of my role here at Pulse Canada. Canada is China's preferred market for yellow peas to make vermicelli noodles, supplying 98% of the requirements. Cherwick is anticipating increased competition in the future from Ukraine. 
it doesn't matter what market we're looking at in the world, there's always a threat of increased competition, particularly out of the Black Sea region, so Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan. We know that China is implementing an import diversification strategy, so they will be looking at imports from other countries. They will be expediting phytosanitary access for peas from some of these Black Sea region countries. We know that's coming. When is the question? I mean, um, in some cases, that requires phytosanitary access approval. and So it's not entirely clear when, when access will be granted, but it's coming. So as an industry, we need to be prepared for that. We need to be prepared for increased competition. So, you know, we have a team that's that's entirely focused on ensuring that we do everything to maintain that position as a preferred supplier, so ensuring that we're maximizing the potential of our commercial relationships, looking at research collaboration, you know, that we can engage in, and making sure that from organization to organization, we're taking advantage of every opportunity to, again, position Canadian peas as the preferred source for that vermicelli noodle manufacturing sector, for the feed sector, and for other food sectors that are utilizing Canadian pea protein and starch. On the domestic front, Pulse Canada continues its 25 by 2025 strategy to find new uses and markets for 2 million tons of production. One of the first steps is the new Roquette pea processing plant at Portis La Prairie, Manitoba, which is now in the testing stage. Everything is kind of moving along there, maybe a little bit behind the schedule that they had, they had initially set, but you know, you've got a 125,000 tons of peas that will go into that plant. There's more processing capacity coming online across Canada, so that fractionation side of the business is growing and represents huge opportunity for the industry. I mean, we, we often think about our markets being, you know, the Indias, the Chinas of the world, the Nepal, Bangladesh, etc. But that market, when it comes on and reaches full capacity here, that fractionation market in Canada will become our second or third largest market in the world. And, and how exciting is that? to have not only strong demand from your traditional markets, but new growth and expansion in, in these new areas too. Greg Cherwick is the president of Pulse Canada and will assume full leadership following the retirement of longtime CEO Gordon Bacon at the end of March. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were mixed in early trading today. Feed barley rose $9.38 at 263.15. Canola jumped $9.90 at $7.46.37. Number one red spring wheat fell $0.61 cents at $2.85.38. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $3.12.32. Flax, $8.38.80. Lentils, $6.44.50. Oats, $2.29.53. Yellow peas, $3.92.89. And feed wheat, $2.38.84. The Minneapolis spring wheat May futures are up Two and a half cents at six forty-six a bushel. The livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. And now the latest quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Musha three hundred and thirty on offer at our Thursday regular sale. This cow market three to six bucks lower than last week, and why I really don't know. The good run expected here for our Tuesday March ninth sale. Good grass calves listed again for our Tuesday March sixteenth sale. Good cows seventy seven to eighty four sales to eighty seven fifty. 
The good bulls did 96 to a dollar eight sales to a dollar nine seventy five. We did sell. Ten horned Hereford bulls from the Waldorf Ranch, nineteen hundred and ninety-five pounds apiece at a dollar seven and a quarter. This has been Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. The latest pork prices still moving up, one eighty-nine seventy-seven per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on six twenty CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report. Federated Co-op says it ranked second in Saskatchewan on SAS Business Magazine's 2020 ranking of the top 100 companies in Saskatchewan by revenue. The sales of Federated Co-ops and local co-ops reached a combined total of $12 billion in 2019. There are more than 90 local co-ops in Saskatchewan. The ranking lists Saskatoon Co-op at number 20. Lake Country Co-op in Prince Albert at number 22, Swift Currents Pioneer Co-op at number 25, Sherwood Co-op in Regina at number 34, Lloyd Minster at 43, Discovery Co-op in North Battleford at 46, and Moose Jaw Co-op at number 50. The Trudeau government is promising it will fight Michigan's attempts to shut down Enbridge's Line 5 pipeline. Speaking yesterday to a special commons committee on the Canada-U.S. relationship, Natural Resources Minister Seamus O'Regan vowed to defend the 1,000-kilometre line, which bridges an environmentally sensitive part of the Great Lakes to link Wisconsin with refineries in Sarnia, Ontario. The Line 5 pipeline carries an estimated 540,000 daily barrels of oil and natural gas liquids. O'Regan says it's vital to the energy and employment needs of Ontario, Alberta and Quebec, as well as northern U.S. states. On the markets, losses in the technology sector led Canada's main stock index lower in late morning trading, despite strength in energy stocks as the price of oil marched higher. The TSX Composite Index was down 92 points at 18,033. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 75 points at 30,848. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.85 cents U.S. compared with 79.13 cents Thursday. The April crude oil contract was up $1.73 at $65.56 a barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.